Hey, this is Todd Mullen, senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thanks for taking time out of your week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. been in this series over these last few weeks about Jesus, right? It's, it's been about, it's about too good not to believe. The man, the message, and the miracles. Because Jesus was the man, right? He was the man and he was actually, when he was sent to the earth, he became the visible image of an invisible God. And his ministry was marked with miracles. And every one of those miracles came with a message pointing to the very nature and the character of God. And that word miracle is actually translated so many times in scripture as a sign. And we've been talking about this because, because signs point to something. And I was actually thinking this week about um, a time right before Jefferson was getting married and I decided that I was gonna take him on a mother-son trip before he flew the nest. And so um, we decided that we're gonna go to the Grand Canyon and, and I have a picture of us. And can you imagine if we had flown all the way there and made the four-hour drive just to get there, get out of the car, get in front of the sign and say, here we are, we've arrived, and then turned around and came home? We did not come for this. We came for this, the beauty and the majesty of all that was waiting in front of us. And it's just like if you were to load up your kids in the car and drive two and a half hours up the road to Disney World, right? And get all the kids out of the car and, and you stand in front of the sign and say, hey kids, let's take a picture right here. And then you get them back in the car and you drive home. No. You did not bring them for this. You brought them for this, the experience that was waiting for them on the other side. The sign is just the entry point, right? And you know, this is what signs do. They give us direction, they give us information, but they are not the destination. See, miracles are not the destination. They're not the end goal of our Christian life. The destination is this life-giving relationship with Jesus. Jesus, knowing Jesus is the destination and having him invade every area of your life so that you can experience his presence and his power every day of your life and not just on special occasions, right? But, but the truth is, is that, is that there are miraculous events that follow Jesus. And we've been seeing them in the life of our church over these last few weeks. We've seen, like Melinda's story, so many bodies being healed. This last week, one of our Southeastern University students came up to me and she said, a year ago, you prayed over me and, and prayed that I would be an Esther in my generation. And, and I decided that I'm gonna go to Southeastern University, but I didn't know how I was gonna pay for it. And so she said, last week a bill came due, it was $5,000. And I was praying and believing and God came through. I got a check of a in the form of a scholarship for $5,000. And this scholarship was the Esther scholarship. <laughs> Only God, right? And then, isn't that amazing? And then in Boynton Beach, we've got Ruby for 10 years who was suffering from back pain and God healed her. And these stories, they, they, they fuel our faith. So if your faith has been stirred and God has been doing the miraculous in your life, this message today is for you. Because I believe that he wants to use your story to be the seed to somebody else's miracle. But if you're here today and you've been praying and waiting and you haven't gotten your miracle yet, this message is for you because you might be a little discouraged today. And I came to encourage you. 
Or maybe you've been disappointed because you prayed the prayer, you believed the miracle, and you've only had disappointment because the healing never came, and now you've lost that loved one. The relationship was never restored, the, the marriage was never recovered, the breakthrough never came, and you might be sitting in discouragement today wondering, God, do you hear my prayer? And I want you to know that today, this message is especially for you. It is especially for you because what I want you to hear is that your God is not deaf to your cry. He hears your prayer. You are going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I declare it over you today that sometimes, sometimes God does a miracle in a minute and sometimes he takes us on a journey of miracles. And if you are a believer, you have been marked by God and your life is going to be marked by a journey of miracles, marked by the supernatural presence and power of God. And in the scripture that I'm gonna to read today, we read about, about one of these miracle journeys. And I wanna encourage you today with this word, it's found in Mark chapter two. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't, we've got the scripture on the screen that says this. It says that, that when Jesus, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. He preached the word to them. And some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. So, so try to imagine this picture. You can see what, what the scene might have looked like, but picture that this whole courtyard would have been filled with people. They were crowding the door and Jesus is inside the house. And these four friends, they, they, they're carrying their, their, their friend who they loved, who had been paralyzed. He, he couldn't move, it says he was actually laying on the mat. And they were carrying him to Jesus. And, and as, they, as they carried him, there, there, was, a, there was a crowd that was, that was pressing in on them, but they would not let the crowd distract them. There's always gonna be a crowd trying to distract you from getting to Jesus. But these friends would not let the crowd distract them. They, they decided they didn't quit because the crowd was too crowded. They, they didn't give up because it wasn't convenient. They just, they just kept pressing through. They had to carry him up, up those stairs and then on top of the roof, and at some point they had to, they couldn't just drop him, right? So they had to create some kind of pulley system. This took some time and some effort to put together something that would lower their friend. It also tells us that Jesus was probably preaching for a really long time. So if I go long today, bear with me, okay? So they, they, they put together this pulley system to put him down and, and, and this took some time. So what they were doing is they were making way for a miracle. They, they were making a way for Jesus to do his thing. You know, the, these four friends, they knew that they didn't have the power to heal their friend, but what they knew, also knew is that they could create an atmosphere and an environment where the supernatural could take place. Right, they could create an atmosphere and an environment for, for miracles to happen. And here's what you need to know, is that there is a direct correlation between your community and your encounter. 
There is a direct correlation between the community that you keep and the encounters that you will have. See, that what we see is that most miracles in all of scripture, they come with a supporting cast, right? You look at the miracle at Cana when Jesus showed up at a wedding. There were servants who actually filled huge jugs of water so that he could turn it into wine. No water, no wine. The, the little boy who brought the fish and the loaves, no loaves, no lunch for 5,000 people. You see that there's, there's always a partnership between the natural and the supernatural. Somebody is always making a way for the miracle. And I think about, you know, when, when we do, when we make a way for a miracle, you, you actually get a front row seat to see the supernatural. When you're the one carrying them out, you get the front row seat. I think about our student leaders. You know, some of you are volunteering in student ministry. It is not convenient to show up every single Wednesday night. But what you are seeing is a revival taking place in our students that is going to shake this region. It's shaking their schools, a move of God like we've never seen before. You have a front row seat. Some of you group leaders, you're, it's not convenient to, to, to have people in your home every week and be consistent, but, but what you're creating is this community of faith so that when someone needs to be carried to the mat, you're there for them. See, we get a front row seat to the supernatural. There's a direct correlation between your community and your encounter. And I, I know this in my own faith journey, you know, that there have been times that, that I've had the privilege to, to be the one to carry people to Jesus. And just like all of us, there's gonna be times when, when we're the ones on the mat that need to be carried. And let me tell you what I have found out in some time on the mat, is that when you're in a desperate situation, it matters. It matters who is carrying the corners of your mat. It matters who you're hanging with. So when you're, when you're in a desperate place, you think about it, this guy, that was on the mat, he was vulnerable, he was desperate. These guys could have taken him anywhere. Yeah. I mean, they could have been the kind of friends that were like, hey, we know you're having a tough time on the mat, so, so we just wanna make your life a little bit easier, let you forget all your problems. We're just gonna go down to Club Capernaum and party like it's BC 99, right? <laughs> or maybe, maybe what they, they said that maybe we could go fishing for the day. A, a, a day on the boat will solve all your problems. Well, not this problem. See, it matters. It, it mattered who was carrying him that day. The people that you trust that are closest to you, they, they, they are, they're, going to, they're gonna carry you somewhere. And so look around at the people you're hanging out with. Are, are they carrying you to the place where Jesus is? Or are they carrying you away? And then think about this. Where are you carrying the people that are counting on you? Where are you carrying them when, when they need something that only Jesus can give them? See, this, this whole thing about being spiritual family, it, it, there are benefits to being a part of spiritual family. You can borrow faith when you don't have it. But there is also a responsibility in community. We, we have a responsibility to carry people into the presence of God to make way for, for their miracle. You know, I was thinking about this this week and I was praying, I was thinking, man, as, as parents, Who's carrying your kids? And where are they carrying them? You know, there are, there are certain places and, and places and environments that are more conducive for, for life-changing encounters. 
I think about our Christ Fellowship Kids University. We gotta carry our kids there. Student ministry and college ministry where they can hear the word of God spoken over their lives and they can have mentors that are filled with the spirit of God. We gotta make sure, I don't have time to preach that message though. You gotta come back next week for that one. But we gotta make sure that we're careful about who's carrying the mat. You know, but here's what you need to know is that your closest community, they're either going to lead you, they're gonna lead you away from an encounter with God, or they're gonna lead you right into the middle of them. You don't always get to choose the problem that puts you on the mat, but you get to choose the people that are hanging around your mat, okay? This is what you need to know. And these friends, these friends, this is what they did. They, they get this guy on top of the roof and, and probably almost lost him a couple of times climbing up that steep staircase. Um, but but th then they start taking piece by piece off the roof while Jesus is preaching. And then they start lowering him through the roof. And I can't even imagine what the people were thinking. Like seeing this guy descend from the ceiling, they're probably thinking, Jesus is a pretty good teacher. I mean, he's got some really great props, almost as good as Pastor Todd, right? That boat was pretty epic a couple weeks ago. But, but he was, who knows what they were thinking, what was going through their mind. But, but as they lowered him, that when Jesus, it says that in verse five, that when Jesus saw their faith, not the man's faith, but the friend's faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Hmm, my sins are forgiven. Uh, Jesus, did you notice something here? I mean, uh, I can't walk. Like my friends went through a lot of trouble to get me into this place. And I don't think that they were thinking about my sin, right? I think they might just be a little bit disappointed. But here's what we know is that Jesus gave him what he needed before he gave him what he wanted. Jesus will always give us what we need before he gives us what we want. See, this man's greatest need is God's greatest miracle. The single greatest miracle is, is that forgiveness of our sin, that, that the forgiveness of our sin has made it possible for us, for this man and for us to have this relationship with Jesus. See, Jesus always gives us what we, what we need before he gives us what we want. And this guy that he met him face to face, and for us, because of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, that we can have forgiveness of sin, not only to live a guilt-free life, but to live a life full of God's presence, full of his power, full of his courage, that we can have a face-to-face -face relationship with the God of the universe. This is the only, this is the only experience, the only miracle that we must experience. It's this invitation to follow Jesus, to follow him. But here's the deal. This invitation to follow him is, is the starting line, not the finish line. Because if you follow Jesus long enough and you follow him far enough, you're gonna run into some things that you can't explain. Like some things that we haven't been able to explain lately. Like healing and bodies and relationships being restored and, 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 and the miraculous um, spiritual eyes being opened. See, this is, this is the, the supernatural life that he invites us into. It goes on to say in the scripture that, that there were some teachers that were around that day. And, and the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier? 
to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know, I want you to know this, that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. So this is a two miracle story, right? The second miracle of him getting up and walking away, this, the miracle of healing that everyone saw and no one could deny was just a sign to point back to the first miracle. This, this was a sign to validate Jesus' identity. It was a validation of his identity that he, that he truly was the one who had authority to forgive sins, that he was God himself in human form. This miracle was a spiritual revelation. It was a revelation to, to the people that day. And, and no longer, no longer could, could, they, could they deny that Jesus wasn't just a mystic or a sorcerer, but he truly was the son of God. See, our greatest need is God's greatest gift. Our greatest need, salvation, eternal life someday and, and a full life every day. It's God's greatest gift. See, the, the guy getting up off the mat, that was the sign. Forgiveness was the Grand Canyon. Forgiveness was, was the Grand Canyon. Don't miss it. See, this is the greatest miracle that salvation isn't the consolation prize. It's the prize. It's, it's the prize. Jesus is the prize. And all these signs and all of these wonders we've been talking about over these last several weeks, it pointed to one thing. It pointed to, to the fact that we have a God that pursues us so passionately. And he is always looking for ways to connect with us as his people, to draw us back to him. And God is always looking for ways. He came so that we could have Again, not only eternal life in, in the, when, we, when we step from this life to the next, but a life full, a life full of, of his strength, a life full of freedom, peace that passes understanding, joy that's unexplainable. This is the life that he came to give us. And all of this, he came to give us not so that we would keep seeking after events. See, God is not, Jesus is not a, um, a miracle slot machine. We put our, in our request out comes the answer, right? He is so much more than that. He, is, he, will not, he will never settle. He will never settle for just being a means to the end. And this is the deal, if we, if we um, reduce our spiritual life and our relationship with Jesus, and, and we base it on just the events and, and the supernatural things that he does for us, then we're gonna miss out on so many of the miracles that he has for us. We're, we're gonna miss out on the miracles that happen over time. The miracle of, of the strength and character when we endure through hard times. The miracle of, of tearing down strongholds. Strongholds are built up over time, but a life full of getting daily in his presence, practicing the presence of God, knowing the word of God so we can fight our spiritual enemy. We will miss out on, on, the, on the weapons of warfare that he wants to give us to tear down those strongholds that are given to us over time. We'll miss out on the transformation of our mind and the renewing of our hearts. The, the transformation of our desires becoming his desires. What I'm talking about is the miracle of maturity. The miracle of maturity that only happens over time. See, 
This is what God has for us. These, these are the kinds of miracles that he has waiting for us. And the thing about these epic miracle stories that, that strike me is that, is that we sometimes forget, like this man on the mat, that, that there was actually a before and an after, right? There's a before and an after. Um, that, that these miracles were just like moments in people's story. This guy had a life after the miracle. And we don't know much about his life, but we know one thing, is that at some point, this man died. As a matter of fact, 10 out of 10 of the people that Jesus healed in the Bible died, right? So that's why that healing miracles are not the greatest of miracles. See, see what Jesus came to do is he wanted to not only heal his body, but he wanted to make him whole. He wanted to give him something that would outlast the day and would carry him into every season to follow. See, that, that's what happened after. We know even less about what might have happened to this man before the miracle. We can assume a few things. That, that before the miracle, um, we, we know that there was, most likely this guy had been on the mat for a long time. We don't know how long, but it was long enough to get him pretty discouraged and disappointed because when Jesus looked up, he did not see any faith in this man. He saw the faith in his friends. And so because his friends had faith, he was probably part of a faith community, right? And so most likely he had prayed to be healed before. We don't know how many times and how many years he had prayed for God to answer that prayer. But we know that for a long time he was stuck on a mat. And there's a certain perspective that you can get when you're stuck on a mat. You know, when, when you're stuck on the mat, you, you can look around and, and you see all the miracles that are happening around you. This guy probably did. He'd heard about Jesus. Man, look, look at there. That person got healed of the very thing that, that I've been praying God would heal me of. And, and their relationship got restored and mine is still a wreck. And, and I've been praying for a spouse for, for 20 years. And my sister, who's 20 years old, just got engaged. Praise the lamb, right? And, and it, it's pretty discouraging down here on the mat, but here's the deal is that sometimes when we, when we get stuck on the mat of discouragement and disappointment, we can become, we may not be physically paralyzed, but we can become spiritually paralyzed. We stop walking by faith because we can't believe that, that God has a new thing for us because he didn't do that old thing we prayed for. We stop, we stop running into his presence because, because we're afraid we're gonna be disappointed again. And, and so we let our faith grow cold. And, and if that's you and you're here, I get it. I have spent a fair amount of time here on the mat of disappointment. You know, there are, there are questions that I've had. You know, Lord, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why you healed Melinda. I am so glad that you healed Melinda, right? But, but why you healed her and yet my young friend who's still in the battle for her life, why didn't you heal her? And I don't understand why that couple that I prayed with who've been praying to get pregnant for 15 whole months and they got their miracle baby. And my friends, my close friends who've been praying for 15 years, man, they're still waiting. I, I don't get it. And I'm sure that you probably have some questions of your own. Why? Why didn't the, the marriage get saved? Why didn't that person live? But here's what I've learned on my time on the mat. I was, I was reading the scripture this week and I came across this verse in Deuteronomy 
2029. And it says this, it says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Can you just trust that God has some secrets? <laughs> His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And, and I don't get it, but, but he has some secrets, some mysteries. And, and they're hard to understand sometimes. But when you spend time in the presence of God, there's some things that you learn. And, and one thing I've learned is that, is that I can place, I, I can place what I know about my God above what I don't know about why he does what he does and answers what he does and what he doesn't. There's some things I know about God, that, that God is a good father, that, that he's a mighty warrior, he is fighting for you, that, that he is, is Jehovah Shalom, that he will bring peace in the midst of your chaos, that he is for you, he is not against you, that he really is working all things together for your good according to his purpose. Those are some things that I know, and sometimes that, that has to be enough, that, that even though I don't have all the answers, I can worship. I can worship and say, all my life, you've been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God because I don't have all the answers, but I worship the one who does. But here's the good news, is that the secret things belong to God. But it goes on to say, that the, 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 the secret things belong to God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. See, there are some things in his word that he's revealed to us. There's some things that, that he wants us to know so that, so that we can know what to do when we find ourselves on the mat wondering why he's not answering our prayers the way we want him to. He's revealed some things. He revealed some things in this story about this man on the mat. The first thing we see is that, the first thing he reveals is that, that you may not always get, you may not always, the miracle you get may not always be the one that you prayed for. Let me say that again, the miracles that you get may not always be the one you prayed for. But let me tell you, it's not a consolation prize. It's not a consolation prize. This, this man got the greatest miracle first. And I was, I was reading this week um, about one of my heroes in the faith, Johnny Erickson Tata. And I don't know if you know who she is, but a um, quick story, when she was in, in, her, um, in her teens, she actually was in a diving accident that left her paralyzed from the neck down. And she had so much faith. She would tell her friends, the next time you see me, I'm gonna be walking around. And she had so much faith and she believed that, that God was gonna heal her. And so she went to this miracle healing service. And in this service that they were praying for people and whenever they would pray for people and miracles were happening, there would be this spotlight that would shine on that section of the crowd. And that's where it seemed like the miracles were happening. And then the spotlight would move over here and there'd be a spotlight over here. And then that's where the miracles were happening. And, and she just kept waiting for the spotlight to shine on her. And she said it never came. The spotlight never came. And so she was so discouraged and depressed, but she decided that she was not going to stay on the mat of discouragement and disappointment. And, and she began this ministry called Johnny and Friends. And, and this ministry is actually to special needs families all across the world, hundreds of thousands of, of, of families that have been, that have been impacted. their are families that have found purpose and meaning in their lives, have been given value. And one of those families 
is, is the Zuka family. And Cynthia Zuka is part of our church. And she's also wheelchair bound. And, and she and, and her whole family started our ministry to special needs families. And hundreds of families, hundreds of families have, have found hope and healing and purpose and meaning. I don't know why Johnny and Cynthia were not healed. But what I know, what I know is this, is they were somebody else's miracle. And this is a second revelation that you can get that God reveals in the scripture, is that, is that the, you may not get the miracle you pray for, but you may be the miracle somebody needs. You may not get the miracle you want, but you may be the miracle that somebody needs. You know, the, this, is, the, what they re, this is what happens when you refuse to get off the mat. But this brings me to the third revelation, and this is it, is that there are some prayers that God has pre-answered. There are some prayers that God has pre-answered. When, um, when we were in Africa a couple of years ago on a mission trip, um, we went and spoke in a prison and they said, hey, at the end of this, we, it's very customary that you would give them a gift. And, and when you speak in the prison, you give the, prison, the prisoners and the, the people there a gift. And so we had bought a goat to give as a gift. And they said, this is a very formal occasion. And we're just telling you about it. And so I said, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm, okay, I, I'm gonna rise to the occasion. And so when we went to give the goat to, um, to the people at the prison, I began to make a declaration. I said, may this goat bring sustenance to your children and to their children's children through, through the milk that it provides. I bequeath this goat to you. I actually said the word bequeath, right? And when I was done and prayed over the goat and prayed for this milk to provide nourishment to the children and children's children, um, I looked around, everybody was snickering. And I thought I just crushed it. And someone leaned over and said, Julie, this is a male goat. There, there will be no milk. And God could have answered my prayer, but he had already answered the prayer. It was a male goat, he already had a purpose. And sometimes we pray, God, would you, would you help me to know what to do about my, my, my teenagers? I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. And he's just saying, just get them to student ministries on Wednesday nights. There are some people that are gonna speak your voice and my voice over their lives. God, I, I need a financial breakthrough, I am desperate. He's saying, go to Financial Peace University. I've already answered that prayer. They're waiting for you there. I need help with my hurts and habits and addictions. We have Celebrate Recovery every, every Tuesday night. It's for you. He's already pre-answered pr these prayers because this is what God's family is. He pre-answers our prayers in community, in community. And, and this is what faith-filled community is all about. This is why this week at all of our campuses that we're gonna make it easy for you to step into faith-filled, life-giving community because you need it. You need it. There are some prayers, answered prayers that are waiting for you, miracles waiting for you in your future. Did you know the Surgeon General actually just issued a warning? They, they issued a warning that said that loneliness has now become an epidemic that is actually impact, uh, impacting our physical emotional and mental health in epidemic proportions. And yet the, the cure, the solution is one of the things revealed to us, is revealed to us that the community is the solution, biblical community. See, there are 59 one another's in scripture, serve one another, love one another, pray for one another. You were never meant you were never meant to fight this battle on your own. You were never meant to sit on the mat by yourself. And so today as we, as we kind of close down this part of the service, 
We want to pray for one another because I really believe that, that in an atmosphere of faith like this, that there are gonna be some things that are gonna happen because this is a house of miracles. And I believe for some of you, you've been praying for your miracle, you've been stuck on the mat. And I believe that, that God does want to do the supernatural. May it never be said of us that, that we have not because we ask not. I have a prayer that I have been praying for 25 years. I pray it every day, every single day. And I have not seen the answer that I want, but God has given me some amazing miracles that I have needed along the way. So some of you, you need a miracle, we're gonna pray for that. For some of you, I believe that today is a new day. I believe that, that in the scripture where, where it says that, my favorite part is when, when he says that, that when Jesus saw their faith, he moved. When Jesus saw their faith, he moved. Did you know our faith is seeable? Our faith is seeable. It's, it's not just a hopeful feeling, it's when we take action, right? And I want Jesus to see our faith in this house today. And I believe that some of you are gonna have to take some action. You're gonna have to pick up your mat. You don't need it anymore. You don't need dis discouragement, disappointment, or doubt. God has a new thing that he wants to do for you. I believe that strength is gonna be restored. There's gonna be purpose that is gonna be released. You're gonna be able to step into a new season and your journey is gonna be marked with miracles and that your journey is going to be the miracle that somebody else needs. And that's what we're gonna pray for today. But before we pray for all that, because our, our campus teams are gonna be praying for all that, I wanna pray for the greatest miracle because I know that there are some of you in this room today that, that you, you have, you've never even stepped into this relationship that I'm talking about with Jesus. You might've seen the signs, but you've never experienced the Grand Canyon, right? And today's your day. Maybe, maybe you had that relationship at one time, but somewhere along the way, you've lost your way. And, and I wanna pray for you. And so would you just bow your heads? And if you're here today and, and you, want this relationship with Jesus, to experience his power and his presence every day, and then spend eternity with him someday. If that's you and you want that relationship for the first time, or, or maybe you want to restart that relationship, would you just put your hands in the air across all our locations? Because I wanna pray for you, because he has miracles, he has, he has purpose, he's got community waiting for you in your future. Yeah, keep those hands up. And I'm gonna pray this prayer and I want you to pray it just a little bit louder than everyone else because we're gonna pray this as a community of faith. Let's pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me while I was still on the mat. Thank you for, for coming to the, to the earth to, to, come, to die for my sin, to make a way for me to have a relationship with you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sin make me new and for all the days of my life I will follow you in Jesus name Amen Thank you again for spending time with us today if you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you just text the word more to 441-441 and select the option that applies to you and if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.